I'm Dr. Daniel Halleck, and welcome to The Wild Conversation, where we make the best thinking in psychology, leadership, and organizational science accessible to leaders who are willing to learn and edit for their sake and for the sake of others. So about a year ago, I was in Colorado Springs working with a client with Dr. McKenna. And the office they had was up on a hill and it had this incredible, beautiful, expansive view of the Rockies, the city of Colorado Springs, and even this beautiful picture-perfect um, icon view of the Garden of the Gods formation. It was just incredible. So I couldn't help myself. We had a half-day session with this team. They were wrapping up a year of whole leader development with their team, building trust at the leadership level. And I could not help myself during the session and in any break we had, just going to the window and looking out at the incredible view. It was a beautiful sunny day, really crisp, cold, but gorgeous and clear. And they had a pond right in front of their office. And I noticed something interesting in the pond. One, it was frozen. And so um, I see, I saw something moving at the edge of the pond that I realized, oh my goodness, there's a squirrel at the edge of this pond. And I couldn't tell, is he stuck? In the pond, is the squirrel stuck? It's just trying to get out frantically, or is it trying to get a drink of water? I don't know. Do squirrels, they have to drink water, right? I don't know. I've never seen a squirrel drink water. They have to drink water. Maybe he's trying to get a drink of water, or maybe, maybe there's a fish in there or something. Do squirrels fish? I don't know. I'm just amazed at this squirrel with its incredible amount of intent in its little body, just moving, moving hard. So we go back to the session, break time happens, and I go back. Oh my gosh, that squirrel is still, whatever it's doing, it's still there. So I call, I call Rob, I call my client, David, and I said, Hey guys, look, look at that squirrel. I'm just I'm amazed. It has been going at it for hours. And then they look, they squint. And then finally David turns to me and says, Hey man, that's a plastic grocery bag. That's just flapping around. Can't you tell? And then, yeah, yeah that's uh that's not a squirrel. That's that's a plastic grocery bag. Apparently, I couldn't see clearly, and I had no clue what I was actually looking at. Leadership equals trust in so many ways. Trust is the outcome. It's the byproduct of whole and intentional leadership. Trust is also something invisible. It's the type of thing we know when it's there. We can see it even though we can't actually see it, we sense it. And we know that when trust is in place, when a team trusts one another, trust with the leader and trust with each other, everything goes well, goes better, and it goes faster. And that's because trust is ultimately about relationships. The strength of our relationships is measured by trust. And that's where transparency and our ability to see clearly comes in. So here's my big idea for this morning. Courageous transparency helps us see clearly. And that clarity builds trust and strengthens relationships. When I think about transparency, I can't help but think about windows. And the way our house is situated, we have one side of our house that has a lot of windows that's oriented towards the mountains. So we can get a little bit of a view. And there's very few houses on this side. There's about one house across from a field. On the other side of our house, there's very few windows. And most of the houses in our neighborhood are on that side. 
And a couple of years ago at Halloween, my kids and I were trick-or-treating. We decided to go to the house that I can see out my window. We had not met the owners yet. And so we went by, knocked on the door. They got their candy. And I said, oh, by the way, we live over there. We're neighbors. And the woman immediately goes, oh, you're the family who I can see cooking in their kitchen. I can see clearly into your kitchen. Yikes. What else are you seeing? i glad we live a pretty transparent, open life. And apparently we live in a fishbowl. But transparency has that feeling, that characteristic. When you look at the Webster's dictionary definition, because we got to define it before we get into it, you see a, a lot of different things. But, but certainly, um, seeing clearly the ability for light to be transmitted or something that's fine or sheer enough to see through are often things that come up in the definition. But there's other ways people think about it. Um, something that is free from pretense or deceit, or it's obvious, it's easy to see, it's readily understood. And this is important, and this is where transparency is so important and practical for trust, because we won't be able to trust what we can't see. And in a time of potentially all-time distrust, transparency is at a premium. It's why people spend time investing in building out th their page on Glassdoor and job seekers look at reviews or salary or people's opinions about the company. We want to see clearly, whether it be clear pay practices, transparency in, in uh, pay practices or performance criteria, how do I know who gets a promotion? We can't see clearly and so we don't trust what we kind of see in a fuzzy sense. If we can see clearly, we have the ability to either accept or reject whatever is presented in front of me. But just like my squirrel on the pond, without a clear view, we don't actually know what's going on. And that prevents us from being able to trust. So where does courage come in? We're talking about courageous transparency. I want to read a quote from some writing I did a long time ago. I think it relates to this. In many workplaces, our expectations of leaders unintentionally set them up for failure. As a leader, people expect you to be a superhuman who will solve all their needs. People demand that you are hyper-connected and always available, yet they expect you to model work-life balance and effective time management. You're asked to be authentic and transparent, candidly sharing your struggles and fears, but at the same time, staying positive, inspiring, and composed, especially in the middle of storms where the personal outcome for you might be uncertain. Your team wants you to include people in decisions while simultaneously being strong and decisive, casting and keeping a compelling vision without wavering back and forth. They want you to have bold convictions, but at the same time, remain humble, willing to receive and request critical feedback. Leading is an impossible task. It is full of tensions. When it comes to courage and courageous transparency, I think that starts to help us get at the whole story. Because courage often involves taking a risk. And this is where vulnerability often connects into transparency as well, because vulnerability is a willingness to be hurt. And it takes a risk to let others see us and to see us clearly. We all want it, and yet we're also afraid of it at the same time. 
So you can see why courage is so connected to transparency and it's hard to do. And it takes courage for leaders to build trust. So I want to share a couple examples of leaders who've wrestled through this. I have, these are real stories. So I have changed some of the details to protect the innocent and the guilty. And then I want to give us a handful of themes from these stories that we can take practically back to our work or the rest of our lives, whether you're leading or being led, leading by influence or leading by position to help us be able to courageously build trust through appropriate transparency. So the first story is Jake. Jake was a rising leader in a mechanical organization. And he had all the skills. He was set to be next in line to lead the organization, be the top leader. The challenge is nobody trusted him. I mean, to the point where when it was announced that he might be the successor and they're going to start a process of preparing him, people came out of the woodwork to say, if Jake leads, I'm not going to be here. I'm going to leave. There is no way that I will follow him. He did not have a great reputation or experience with others in the organization. So we had our work cut out for us when we started partnering with him when he came to our programs and started working through self-awareness, assessments, and coaching. And something amazing happened. He knew there was a problem, but he began to develop self-awareness as he started to use the platform and started to see himself more clearly. That's what self-awareness is. And he did something courageous. As we moved from working with him and preparing him as a successor to bringing our process and system and assessments into his team, he started having conversations with his team about the things that he was learning where he discovered he had gaps and things he wanted to change or learn in order to serve them better. Now you can imagine at first, they're skeptical. I mean, you sent him to some program, he's doing self-awareness assessments, we're talking about trust, and all of a sudden you're gonna flip a switch. But he continued to do it and he didn't share everything. He was appropriate, right? There's things that maybe wouldn't have been helpful, but his honest transparency about where he was and where he wasn't invited others to start to look at him different. And as his mindset shifted and his actions began to follow along with it, over time, as he was reliable and consistent, people started to see a change. After a few months, the narrative began to shift. And by six months and then a year, it was completely different. In fact, I'll never forget a conversation with a senior leader in the organization who'd been there much longer than him, who said, if you talked to me a year ago, I would have said there is no way expletive I'll ever trust him. And today, I would consider him a mentor. And it was powerful to see. And part of it was because of that authentic courageous transparency, which required him to acknowledge, I actually need some work. It was incredible too, because he then took one of the, the assessments in our process and really dug into it. It was around building your strategic network. A number of you have used this. And he then decided to, to accelerate that trust and say, not only um, have I gained the trust with my team, I want to accelerate their trust in the direction we're going by surrounding myself with mentors, advisors, and guides who can continue to help me develop self-awareness steer the organization in the right direction, and then give them confidence or trust in me and where we're going. It was incredible to see. It was a risk, but he held it strong, and his transparency ultimately is allowed people to see him and then see him differently. 
Another story is about Stephen. Stephen took over leading an investment firm in what I'll describe as a nice culture. Great organization, fantastic people. But as they started getting into our process, especially around our leading under pressure inventory, it became really clear that they did not regularly have conversations of love and truth, or as one client called it, grace and grit. They were very nice to one another, so nice that they might not actually let you know what they think about you, how you offended them, where you stand, or if you're meeting expectations or not. Now, across the board, the majority of the team was fantastic. And Stephen had just taken over. He was a new leader. The previous leader had retired, so it was his turn to lead. Um, but there were a couple bad apples in the organization as well. Every organization has them. And what Stephen did, which was powerful, as he realized he was in a nice culture and that it wasn't the culture's fault, it was everybody's responsibility, including his, he began to take a courageous step to bring transparency to the people in his team, particularly those whose actions did not line up with the expectations and ethos of the company. And what that started to do was it made those who were problems and everybody knew it actually have to come face to face with the reality of their actions and the impact on others. But you know what is interesting is it started with him realizing he needed to step out of his own comfort zone, acknowledge it to the team, and then work to build the trust that he was going to deal with problems and challenges. It was incredible to see what happened. And eventually, those bad apples, they didn't necessarily turn into great performers or fantastic contributors to the culture, but they moved from being reds and detracting to yellow and just kind of on the fence. They did not detract from his culture. And he was able to build honest conversations and invite others to start to become a little more honest too, where they could be nice, but also kind by being clear. Lastly, Jenna was the COO of an organization in the content and learning space. And she had a challenge. She had a CEO who was detached and really had a lot of conflict with and a brand new team who she did not know. And so we worked with her at the onset to put a system for building trust in place over time. And it was powerful to see how she was wrestling with, there are things I know about the organization that I can't share with everybody. There are things I can share transparently about where I'm struggling and where I need their help. And she was also wrestling with, she would get lots of complaints across the organization about things that needed to change but not a lot of feedback that would help her take action. And so what she ended up doing by focusing on building trust with her team, even though she still had struggles with the CEO, she was able to build a team that trusted her, that she could be honest appropriately, but with what she's struggling with, without sharing all the details. They knew things were going on, but they did not need to know every single I and T in the emails back and forth with the CEO. And they were able to take the trust on their team and start bringing back actionable feedback, things that really did need to change. And what that team ended up doing was also provided her an emotional anchor to continue to lead well with an appropriate amount of support in the organization that even though she might be having end arounds and be undermined by the CEO, was able to allow her to continue strong and lead well. And it was powerful to see at the end of the year when we had a measurement on their alignment 
the alignment of the team together, their trust with one another was unbelievably high. And it's what allowed her to succeed in a very difficult environment where the team knew things were going on. They didn't really know the details. So what are the themes for us? There are so many examples of transparency and how it can be done poorly and get us in trouble or actually hurt more than it helps. And examples where there are innovative ways, whether it be with pay or hiring practices or just about the things that we're working through or where the organization is going. So I want to give you five themes that those leaders have taught us and many others as we've taken them on a journey of developing trust. The first is this. Learn to trust yourself. Each of these leaders had done the work to understand themselves, build the confidence in what they believed should happen, that they could then be transparent about the things that they needed to change because those things didn't define them. They had anchored their identity as a leader in something other than just their strengths and failures. And so they learned to develop that confidence, to be able to have enough confidence to trust what they, who they were and what they were going to disclose to other people, which invited them into the process too. Second is weigh the cost. Oftentimes, psychologically, when we're thinking about transparency, we don't say this out loud, but we often assume, well, if I share this, this might happen. This bad thing might happen. And so the challenge is to reframe instead of subconsciously thinking what bad thing might happen if I share this, to consciously think, what bad thing might happen if I don't share this? What is the cost of the status quo? Or often I like to ask, how much will this help? How much will this hurt? Transparency and trust is more like a light switch. Oh, sorry, a dimmer switch than a light switch. You don't just turn on transparency. You don't just turn on trust. You weigh the cost and you bring an appropriate amount of transparency and trust that you can continue to turn up as trust develops alongside your transparency. Third, check your motive. Each of these leaders was going about transparency from a genuine, authentic invitation, not a manipulation. And that first leader, Jake, at first, people didn't trust him. Oh, you're saying all these right things now that we've been complaining about. Over time, though, as he held strong, they started to see it was real. And he was there to motivate and encourage them, not to manipulate them. Fourth, time it right. Consider the timing. My rule of thumb is to not put more weight in a container than it has strength to hold. And so as you develop trust with an individual or with your team, and you disclose or share things that maybe weren't transparent before, you don't have to go from zero to 60. Time it right. There's a right time for everything. And the wisdom to know what to bring when is a key part of becoming and being a trusted leader. You can't manufacture trust, it happens over time, so time it right. And lastly, I saw this in each of these examples, take the first step. As a leader, you are leading trust. You're not waiting on trust. So don't wait for the team to trust each other and trust you. The courageous step to bring a little bit of transparency that you can turn up over time might be the courageous risk that allows people to see you, begin to see themselves, and together see clearly so you can move well with trust together. So let's keep the conversation going. Thank you for listening to this wild conversation. 
To join our live wild conversation on Fridays, visit our website at wildleaders.org backslash wild conversation and subscribe to this podcast for regular whole and intentional leader development conversations. Have a great day.